What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down some Dynasty trade grades. I'm going to be grading your trades in your Dynasty leagues in today's video. I farm this out to our patrons to submit me some trades that they've made throughout the season, either early on in the season, you know, midpoint of the season, right before their trade deadline, whatever the case is, we're going to be breaking them down, analyzing the market value of some of these players and who's being traded a lot in some of these leagues and as well giving them an official grade on whether they won the trade, lost the trade, and whether or not it makes their team better. So if you guys enjoy the video at any point, Leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. And if you guys want to be part of future episodes like this, grade my trades, dynasty decisions, all that kind of stuff, definitely check out the Patreon down below in the pinned comment, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. Um, tons of dynasty benefits over there for those of you guys that play dynasty. But without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, so the first trade comes to us from Daniel Krause. It is a non-tight end premium, one quarterback league with uh, PPR scoring and it is a dynasty format as well. You guys can see the trade on the screen right now. The left side will be what he received. The right side is what he gave away. He got a 2024 first round pick, a late 2023 second round pick, Jerry Judy, Daniel Jones, and Wandale Robinson in exchange for a 2024 second and early 2023 third, Mark Andrews and Carson Wentz. So this can definitely be sliced a number of different ways. Anytime you have like a four piece for four piece type of trade, you can really go about it a couple different ways. The way that I kind of broke this down in terms of market values to cancel things out so we can determine who won the trade or not is Mark Andrews and the second round pick for Jerry Judy and the first round pick is probably about fair in my opinion because Mark Andrews is definitely more valuable than Jerry Judy, but he's not super, super more valuable than Jerry Judy. So a second to first round pick swap is probably about the difference between those two players. Daniel Jones versus Carson Wentz is probably about fair as well, but I would prefer Daniel Jones. So he edges him out slightly there. Wondell Robinson over the third round pick slightly there. So overall, I would say a pretty fair trade, give or take on either side. I don't think anybody blew somebody out of the water in this trade, which is the type of trade that we always want to be making in our dynasty leagues. We don't want to be sending junk offers to people all the time because then they won't want to trade with you. So the fact that you did benefit this guy's team, uh, presumably he needed a tight end. You gave him Mark Andrews and uh, maybe you had some tight ends that were developing on your team. Maybe you had like a Friermuth or a, a Cole Komet or you know, a, a David Njoku on your team. You offload Andrews, you get the second, you get the third and the fourth or fifth best asset in the trade. So so the first best asset in this trade would be Mark Andrews. Second best, probably the 2024 first. Jerry Judy, probably the third best asset in the trade. Then the two second rounds are the fourth and fifth best assets in this deal. So you got, you know, four of the of the top five assets in the trade or three of the top four assets in the trade, give or take. So definitely a solid trade for you. I'd say overall, probably about a B is what I would give this trade uh, for you there, Daniel. So moving on to Luca Carroll's trade. This is actually a net of three moves. So I'll break down all three trades, the net of which is on the screen right now, Michael Pittman and a 2025 third for Curtis Samuel and Wondell Robinson, but it took him a couple trades to get to that point. So the first trade that he made was he traded away Curtis Samuel for a 2024 second and a 2025 third. Now that is a great move because Curtis Samuel is, you know, at the time when he made this trade, it was probably early in the season when Curtis Samuel was producing. You get yourself a very liquid asset in a 2024 second, add on a 2025 third just to, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit. That's a great move. That's like an A-level a move. You sell off like a, you know, aging, um, middling wide receiver three type for 2024 capital that could definitely turn into something. Great move there. Trades away Wondell Robinson for a 2023 second. 
I would say overall, there was a point in time where Wondell Robinson's market value is about a mid-second round pick. If that ends up being an early second, that's obviously a great move for you. But Wondell Robinson for a second, probably a B-level trade. Traded 2023 and the 2024 second. So the two second round picks that he got from the Curtis Samuel and the Wondell Robinson trade for Michael Pittman Jr., which is how he ends up with Michael Pittman Jr. netting the 2025 third from the first trade for Curtis Samuel and Wondell Robinson. So overall, I think the sum of the trades is definitely in your favor. You get Michael Pittman, who's a stable you know, asset at wide receiver versus Curtis Samuel and Wondell Robinson, who are more so like middling wide receiver three, four, five types in Dynasty. So you get some stable assets, you get some liquidity with the 2025 third as well. I think this is an A-level move, shows a lot of um, cunning you know, sharpness on your part to be able to move off of some you know, middling wide receivers to get yourself a stable asset. So we can move on to the next trade, which is from Peter Donegan. In a two-quarterback league, he received a mid-2023 first, and he projects it to be about at the 106 to 110 range, given the current standings. And in exchange for that, he gave away Ramondre Stevenson and Tom Brady. Now, this is probably the, the worst trade of the video so far in your favor, not because you know mid-2023 first isn't a good asset. It definitely is. But I would say that given the time that you made this trade, I'd imagine Ramondre Stevenson wasn't quite as established as he is now as far as dynasty trade value, because as it currently stands, this is a top 12 dynasty running back, according to Keep Trade Cut. A lot of people value this guy at least at about a mid-2023 first, if potentially not a little bit more than that, maybe a mid-first and a you know late second or something like that. I think that's likely about the market value of Ramondre Stevenson, in my opinion, which is a mid-to-late 2023 first. But given that this is a two-quarterback league and you also gave away Tom Brady, who even though he's not long for the NFL, he'll maybe play one more year tops, you're, you still probably should have received a second round pick on top of this package. So if this was a mid-2023 first and a mid-2023 second, I think this is a great move, probably an A-minus level trade or so. But I'm giving you a C-plus here because I think you're about a second round pick too short. And maybe if it was a 2024 second, I think even still, you probably were shortchanged a little bit. So uh, his other trade, he actually has two trades for me here, is that he received Darnell Mooney and a late 2023 second in exchange for Mike Evans. Now, clearly looking, I understand what you're doing here with the first two trades. You're selling off productive veterans like Ramondre Stevenson and um, Tom Brady and Mike Evans. But to me, I think you probably could have gotten a little bit more of a stable asset or a little bit more of a higher end asset for Mike Evans. Another trade that I'm kind of just mad on. It's not that Mooney isn't a great wide receiver. I think he's fine. I think he's like a middling wide receiver three type in Dynasty. But he is more of a win now piece. He's 25 years old. He's not, you know, 22, 21 years old. The late second also isn't a huge needle mover. If this was Mooney in an early second or maybe two twos for Mike Evans, I think I would like this trade a lot more because you'd probably be hard pressed to get first round capital out of Mike Evans. But if you were able to get, let's say, a 2023 second and a 2024 second, then I think I can stomach this move a little bit more. Or if you trade out uh, Darnell Mooney for a younger wide receiver like a Jahan Dotson or something like that, I think this trade makes a little bit more sense. So overall, kind of just mail on this trade as well. C plus type of grade for me there. We can move on to the next trade, which is from Slat Squatch. You guys can see it on the screen right there. Russell Wilson is what he received. He gave up a 2023 second, a 2024 third, and Jameis Winston. So he made this trade at or about week three. So he traded for Russ, and I, I understand the rationale here. This totally makes sense to me. You had Russell, if you went back to week three and put out a poll saying, will the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, all these guys that are on this offense, figure things out as the season goes along? I would imagine most people would have said, yes, it's a new scheme. It was a first year head coach, new weapons. It'll take time to develop chemistry. So I think the process was sound for you buying low on Russell Wilson. I don't think anybody expected these struggles to last the entirety of the season, which is what has happened pretty much so far this year. 32nd in scoring offense right now in the NFL. The future doesn't look very bright either because apparently, you know, Russell Wilson's losing the locker room and all this kind of stuff. But 
at the same time, you also didn't give up a ton here. So it's not like you were like, hey, I'm buying low on Russell Wilson. I'm going to give, you know, a 2023 first or a 2024 first in exchange for Russell Wilson. You got away with Jameis Winston, who currently isn't even starting right now, a 2023 second and a 2024 third. So overall, I would say at this point in time, you have to hold Russ because you're kind of, it's kind of a sunken asset right now. Maybe he can turn things around next year. I'd imagine they're going to fire everybody. They're going to fire Nathaniel Hackett. They're going to bring in a new scheme, maybe some new weapons. Uh, maybe they go out and get Tyler Lockett or something uh, to help make him feel more familiar in this offense. And Russell Wilson might be a bounce back candidate next year. I think that's your, your best case scenario. But overall, I think this is probably like a B minus trade. You definitely didn't win it because you traded for a win now quarterback and he's not helping you win now. But I think long-term, it's not a hopeless case, right? Russell Wilson isn't going to retire after this year. He's not going to be completely screwed. I think he's probably going to be a popular bounce back candidate for a lot of people going into next year. Definitely going to be interesting how that plays out. And you should at least have some selling windows during that point in time. Maybe they trade for a Tyler Lockett or something and you can sell him based on, you know, it's a new coach. It's a new offense. There's new weapons coming back or whatever. And Russell Wilson's going to be better in his second year in the system. So overall, not a bad trade. We can move on to Thomas's trade here, which is in 10 team half PPR super flex leagues. If I don't specify that it's super flex, just assume that it probably is. Uh, in this trade, he receives Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall, currently the 104 in the draft as a 2023 first, a 2024 first, and a 2025 second in exchange for Kenneth Walker, the 110 and the 209. So clearly this is a woodshed type of trade. I don't think I need to spend too much time on Thomas's trade here. He made this trade right after Brees Hall tore his ACL. So you can imagine the manager of Brees Hall was you know really up and down, right? At the time they were like, man, I have the dynasty RB1. This guy looks like an absolute superstar. He's going to help lead my team for the next couple of years. And then he tears his ACL. And now we're, we have a lost rookie season, potentially a damaged second season. And you're looking at a third year in the NFL with Brees Hall where he can really start doing some damage again. And this guy took the opportunity. Thomas took the opportunity to pounce on that, go after Brees Hall. I think this is a very home run type of trade because the way I'd equate value into this, into this move is Trevor Lawrence for Kenneth Walker in a super flex format is about equivalent value. Now, if you wanted to say Trevor Lawrence in the 2025 second is equivalent value to Kenneth Walker, because you love Kenneth Walker or something, I think that's fine. Whatever uh, the 2024 first, I would equate to the 110 on the other side of the trade. And in that instance, I would actually prefer the random 2024 first instead of the 110 in the 2023 class as deep as it is. Then you got Brees Hall and the 104 basically for the 209 and potentially even the 2025 second on top of that if you think Trevor Lawrence and Kenneth Walker are equivalent value. Now, I probably would have given you an A on this deal regardless if you got the 2024 first or not. That The fact that you did get that is definitely like an A++ woodshed type of trade. I think you're doing a great job there. We can move on to Brian Harris's trade. Now, this one's definitely interesting because this is actually a three-person trade. So you can see, I'll put the three-person trade on the side here and then the actual net return, what he got on the left side. 12-team Superflex League. He has the 101 this year. So he is you know, tanking, I'm assuming, or at least he acquired the 101 in a trade. So it's a full status rebuild. And this trade happened about in week six. Now, given who we got in this trade, week six is relevant because Travis Etienne probably wasn't a superstar caliber running back at this point in time. So it looks like he was buying low on Travis Etienne before that breakout happened. And this is the return that he got. So he got Travis Etienne, Wandale Robinson, the 2023 second, which is currently the 208, a 2024 third right now from the same person. And then he traded away Tyler Lockett, Jacoby Brissett, Kareem Hunt, his own 2024 first and second. Now, I'll say right off the bat that I think that the middle person of this trade got the best deal. He got George Pickens. He got the two first rounders. And even though that 2023 first is expected to be late because the third player in this trade is the top contender in the league, 
Who knows in 2024? He might have injuries. You never really know. And he traded away CMC a second and a third, which is currently the 208 and a 2024 third right now. So overall, I think the mid person of this trade, the second person in this trade got the best deal, but we can cancel some things out for Brian's side here. Uh, for me, the 208 is enough for Kareem Hunt. Wando Robinson and the third round pick is probably enough for Tyler Lockett and Jacoby Brissett, give or take. Then it's basically a 2024-1 and a 2024-2 for Travis Etienne. In a full rebuild, you'd, I'd be really hard-pressed to be buying a running back in general with Travis Etienne as much as I love Travis Etienne. And number two, you're giving away your own 2024 first and second, which in a full rebuild, I would expect that you're going to be picking pretty high, let alone, you know, very early. And potentially you gave away Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake May, or Travion Henderson. And in that case, I think you probably lost this trade for sure. Now, what he doesn't say is because he's getting Bijan this year, because he now has Travis Etienne, maybe he can turn this into like a one-year punt rather than a full status rebuild. And, you know, he can go for a championship as early as next year. And in that case, if you're trading away, you know, the 2024 108 to 112, then this trade looks a lot better. So I would say overall, this is a C-level move because you're taking on a lot of risk acquiring a running back like Travis Etienne, even though I, I believe in him long-term and in Dynasty, he's still a running back. And in rebuilds, I don't like to hold running backs. I would much rather have the liquidity of that 2024 first and second that you gave away. But if you're if you're able to turn this around quick with Bijan, with Travis Etienne, and the rest of your team uh, looking pretty solid, then I would say that this ends up being like a B-plus level trade for you. But it definitely is a very, very risky move to go out and make. So um, before we get into the next team, as always, we got to hear from a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And you guys will be hearing that message right now. Hey lads, today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming across the globe. This holiday season, I'll be giving thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Everyone loves turkey and stuffing, but you'll be looking like dessert with the help of Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have blessed you with the ultimate reason to be thankful. Trim your pumpkins by going to manscaped.com and use code BUSH for free shipping and 20% off. Think your holiday spread is good? It's time to give thanks to Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for your package. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Think of it as a cornucopia for your balls. Their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave, plus it's waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes of yours. You also can't forget Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Cop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Cop Reviver Toner Spray are like the pumpkin pie and ice cream after a nice Thanksgiving dinner. You guys can't live without it. Your balls will be living in turkey heaven with these formulations. And if this wasn't enough, it's time to do the dishes with Manscaped Shower Products. Products. Lather some of Manscaped's refined body wash on their brand new signature body buffer. Give yourself the lather and rinse your body deserves. Lose the loofah and exfoliate those mates. This fall, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code BUSH for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with code BUSH at Manscaped. Manscaped gives your manhood the proper treatment it deserves. We appreciate the support for the Fantasy Stock Exchange over by our friends at Manscaped and thank them for sponsoring today's video. And speaking of that video, let's get right back to it.
All right, big shout out to Manscaped. As always, 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code BUSH. Their whole site is 20% off right now for the holiday sales. So make sure you guys go out and get your significant others, your you know men in your life, brothers, fathers, whatever. Go out and get them some swag from Manscaped. So talking about Jay Brown's team, the next team that we're going to have here, or the next couple trades that we're going to talk about. Uh, he has two trades for me. The first one, he said he absolutely got caught up in the Elijah Moore hype. Welcome to the club. We all did. And he was pretty worried about Tyreek Hill's future in Miami when the trade first happened. So he wanted to get a little bit younger and collect a pick or two. And he clearly got demolished since then. So he made this trade preseason before anything had happened. And that's fair. I think we all got caught up in the Elijah Moore hype. And I think if it wasn't for Zach Wilson being terrible, Elijah Moore definitely would have been a great option this year for fantasy. This trade package was a great move at the time. I would have given you a great grade on this if you asked me this question in August and it's diminished slightly since then because number one Tyreek Hill has been absolutely outstanding in Miami has not missed a beat one bit he's probably been even better in Miami than he was in Kansas City because he's getting more targets in Miami but Elijah Moore a 2022 first which eventually became Christian Watson a 2023 second for Kadarius Tony. I think looking back on it you probably did lose this trade if you were looking for production out of a Tyreek Hill and he said he was trying to get younger so that doesn't necessarily lead me to believe he's fully rebuilding maybe just he wanted to get younger and add some liquidity but what he did with the 2022 first he didn't actually make the pick of Christian Watson what he actually did was trade the 2022 first that he had and get up to the 108 which eventually he flipped for the 101 in 2023 so overall at the time this doesn't look as good of a trade but knowing that that 2022 first and probably some other assets eventually turned into B. John Robinson and this trade obviously looks a lot better. The second trade that he offered me here is not actually one that he made. It's just a trade that was highly uh, debated, highly contested and criticized when it was made in his league. And he wanted to know my thoughts on it. So I don't believe that he's actually a part of this trade, but one side of this trade got Gabriel Davis, Jahan Dotson, Damian Pierce, and a 2024 first. And the other side of this trade got Jonathan Taylor and Terry McLaurin. Now, I think the stud factor is definitely in favor of the Jonathan Taylor side because in Dynasty, we also want to think about the fact that, you know, stable assets like Jonathan Taylor, even though he's a running back, he is one of the more stable running backs in Dynasty because we know how good he is. We know he's got a big workload, high draft capital. We'll probably get a contract extension, all that good stuff. Damian Pierce, uh, Gabriel Davis, Jahan Dotson, while they're volatile assets, especially Pierce, they're solid pieces for a rebuilding team or for a team that is looking to gear towards more of the future. I would probably say if somebody offered me Damian Pierce, Jahan Dotson, and a 2024 first for my Jonathan Taylor, I would heavily consider that. So I don't think your league should have been criticizing this trade whatsoever because it's definitely, I can see it for both sides, but I would side with the Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Taylor side because the stud factor is in favor of them. Gabriel Davis for Terry McLaurin, while it's a conversation, is definitely not... Um, you know, a one-for-one one trade that I'd be willing to do. C-plus trade for the Pierce side, I would say. B-plus trade for the Jonathan Taylor side. So moving on to Eric W's team, we have a one-quarterback league. So every trade I think I've talked about so far has been in Superflex leagues. This is actually in one-quarterback PPR Dynasty League. I think this is a great example of tearing it down. I'm assuming he recognized he couldn't compete. So he decided before the season started to tear it down. And this is what he returned. So Allen Robinson, Dalton Schultz, and Tom Brady, all guys that were expected to be very, very high-level contributors for a win-now roster. At the time, coming into the season, we thought Allen Robinson was going to be a top-15 wide receiver, Dalton Schultz a top-5 tight end. Tom Brady, locked and loaded uh, quarterback. Again, it's a one-quarterback league, not a super-flex league. But in return for those pieces, you got a 2023 first. I'm assuming it's going to be late, given that the person who traded away for those pieces was probably competing. But since none of those guys really hit in redraft, you never know 
um, what that first ends up becoming, a 2023 second and a 2024 second. I think this is a great return for somebody tearing it down. I think most of the time, you wouldn't even get this good of a return. Normally, for the trade package that you got, even coming into the season, you probably would have only gotten offered a 2023 first and second. And given that you also got a 2024 second, I think that is a great, great move, A-level trade there for you. And then another trade that he made uh, to help tear it down was this one. He traded away um, J.K. Dobbins in exchange for a 2023 first and a 2023 second. Now, the reason I love this trade, and even though I love J.K. Dobbins coming into the season and hasn't worked out because he's been dealing with his ACL tear and all that kind of stuff, if J.K. Dobbins had finished as a top five running back this year, let's say he reached his ceiling range of outcomes, he took over the workload in Baltimore, he got a slight uptick in receiving work, the big plays, the touchdowns, it all worked out for J.K. Dobbins. How much more would he be worth right now in Dynasty than a 2023 first and second? And that's something that, as a rebuilder, Eric recognized, I'm not going to get this great of a package unless the absolute nuts range of outcomes happens. Because if J.K. Dobbins had become a top five running back, then maybe, maybe you get two firsts out of him. But most likely, you're probably going to get first and second or first in equivalent value. So if you're Eric, you're not con uh, concerned with fantasy points right now. You're concerned with market value. And the fact that you got let's say 80 to 90% of J.K. Dobbins' ceiling is awesome, knowing that the downside risk coming off of the ACL tear like we've seen play out so far this year was that J.K. Dobbins isn't even worth the first round pick anymore, which I'd imagine if you guys tried to sell J.K. Dobbins in your dynasty leagues right now, you probably would not get a first round pick for him, and you'd probably even be lucky to get an early second round pick for him. So knowing that you got that return is absolutely awesome. A to A-plus level trade, in my opinion. At the time, I probably would have said this was more like a B-level trade because I love J.K. Dobbins, but looking back in hindsight, I was too high on J.K. Dobbins. I didn't recognize the risk factors, and I think you did a great job in that move. So moving on to um, uh, Brandon's team, we can see that he made a trade where he received Sky Moore and the 201 in exchange for Elijah Moore and Chase Claypool. Now, he thinks he lost this trade. He actually typed in the message, I think I lost this trade, but what are your thoughts? Let's take a look. I love Elijah Moore, the player, but even as a stand of Elijah Moore, I can't tell you unequivocally without a doubt that his market value will be higher than the 201, whoever that player ends up being this year, because in some cases that may net you a, you know, a Sean Tucker, if he slides a Josh Downs, if he slides some of the other wide receivers, if they slide potentially a quarterback like Hendon Hooker or Will Levis, if they get good draft capital. So knowing that this draft class is relatively deep, the 201 for Elijah Moore is not an outrageous like trade-off. I would prefer Elijah Moore, but it's not by a ton. And I think Sky Moore versus Chase Claypool is also a conversation. Now, Chase Claypool is probably the safer projection, probably the guy that sticks around longer on a median range of outcomes. But in Dynasty, with the wide receiver position, you're probably better off shooting for ceiling. And the ceiling is much higher for Sky Moore because I know Sky Moore has been disappointing relative to expectations as the Kansas City Chiefs you know, projected slot wide receiver that we wanted him to be coming into the season. But we know he hasn't been running a ton of routes and routes are given, targets are earned. 18% targets per route run is what Sky Moore is currently doing right now, which is not, you know, face plan or caliber, right? We know that Sky Moore has been disappointing, but he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been Terrace Marshall of last year or whoever of last year where we're thinking, hey, this guy just might not even be good. When Sky Moore has the ball, he still looks like he can make things happen. It's just a matter of him actually getting targets, actually being on the field for routes. And his 2023 status going into next year will probably be higher than it is currently right now because, you know, Juju and some of these other guys are free agents, going to be off the team. And Sky Moore has flashed enough target earning potential that I think he can actually step in to a bigger role rather than them just completely address the wide receiver position, add more guys or whatever the case is. So I think at least you can make the argument he's as valuable as Claypool, if not more valuable because of the upside that we know he would have if he became Patrick Mahomes' go-to slot receiver or whatever the case is. So 
Definitely a C plus level trade, I would say. You probably lost it a little bit, but overall, pretty, pretty solid. So I'm going to close this video out by graying two of my own trades, actually. So I'm going to go through my own trades, tell you my thought process, just to give you guys an idea of, of what goes through my head when I'm making a trade. So this first one is for a tank job, right? I'm in uh, seven dynasty leagues right now, five of which are tank jobs or one-year productive struggles or whatever the case is. And I have a solid foundation. I would say of my tank jobs, this is probably my best team in terms of the foundation that I have and the uh, capital that I've accumulated and all that kind of stuff. I have Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson as my top two quarterbacks. I have you know solid assets like Justin Jefferson, uh, Drake London, Sky Moore, etc. I also have four 2023 firsts this year, including both the 102, 103, currently I think the 107, and then the 109. So I have a, a lot of capital. I have a couple second round picks and extra first in 2024. So overall, I have a pretty good productive struggle going. Figured I could stand to wait until Javante's market value corrected itself next offseason. So with Javante Williams, when he went down, I made this trade. I traded away Marquise Brown and what is currently the 209 or the 210, I believe, in uh, a 2023 second round pick. So with Javante Williams, I think you got an offseason removed come uh, this time next year where he's going to be coming off of an ACL tear. People are going to have their trepidations about him. But if he gets back on the field and he works his way back, then he's definitely going to be a guy that rises in market value now. This is a similar argument to what I talked about with J.K. Dobbins, but I think I didn't give up a ton here. Marquise Brown is a great wide receiver, a 2023 second, the 210, is probably a solid asset as well. But given that I have the luxury of time, then I think I can sell Javante Williams or use Javante Williams, depending on if I'm ready to compete at that point in time, in his third season or in his fourth season when he's actually back and fully healthy from the ACL tear. I'm not relying on that production that I would have gotten from him this year or next year if he's coming back slowly. I'm able to wait that that out, and I still believe that Javante Williams is an extremely high-talented running back. So the other trade that I made, again, I probably wouldn't say that this is uh, an A-plus level trade. It's probably more of like a you know B, B-minus type of trade. It comes with some risk, but it could definitely pay off big time if you know, come mid-season next year, Javante Williams starts to look like his old self. He could rise. He'll still only be 23, 24 at the time. He can rise himself back up into the top five dynasty running backs, in my opinion. So Javante Williams, that trade, like I said, B, B minus for my own trade there. And then this other trade that I made was in the FSC Listener League, which is basically a league where I'm competing. It's one of the only two leagues that I'm competing in. I'm very shallow at wide receiver, at least I was before this trade. I only had Debo Samuel, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, and then some other like middling guys like Wandale and Jarvis Landry's and Julio's and stuff. So at wide receiver, I wasn't very strong, but I did have, you know, great running backs with Saquon and a number of other guys. Mark Andrews was my tight end. I had Justin Fields, Tannehill, and a couple other guys at quarterback. So overall, my quarterback, running back, tight end position was pretty solid, but I did need one more wide receiver. So the way I saw it was that J.K. Dobbins is probably going to appreciate in value next year. Uh, but we're still at a point with J.K. Dobbins where we're wondering if he can handle or command a big workload. So there's some risk there. John Mechie, an, an uphill battle dealing with cancer right now, obviously. You know, hopefully he makes a full recovery. He's also recovering from the ACL tear that he suffered in the SEC championship game last year while he was in college. And then a throwaway pick in the 310 right now. In exchange for Chris Godwin, who not only is going to help me this year in a PPR format, he gets, you know, a lot of targets and all that kind of stuff. He's also only 26 years old. He should be valuable for the next couple of years. So I think overall, this was a trade that I think was worth stomaching. It was a trade that I got a good asset, a guy that can help me in exchange for some risky pieces that may fizzle out altogether or may end up biting me in the butt. So overall, those were my trades. I think this trade was more of like a B plus, A minus type of trade. But let me know in the comment section down below what you thought of my own trades, what you thought of some of the grades that I gave to other trades. Did you agree? Did you disagree? And again, if you want to be part of future episodes like this, join the Patreon down below in the pinned comment section. A ton of Dynasty stuff coming, especially during the offseason. I'll have prospect write-ups and all that good stuff. For those of you guys that play Dynasty Leagues, 
Leave a like down below if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. But with that being said, peace out, and I'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?